Saturday Sangha. Saturday Sangha on Saturday. Which Saturday? December 30th. Which December 30th? The year 2023. Which uh, comes after the year 2022, in case you didn't know. And I'm still in the year 2019 in my mind. <clears throat> so, Happy New Year, if, uh, if you wish it to be so. I think we all want happiness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and greetings from Cordoba. Argentina, back from San Javier, the wild country of San Javier, semi-wild. Okay. Oh, Magana Timirandasya, Gyananjana Shalakaya, Chakshurun Militam Yena, Tasmai Shri Gurave Nama Shri Chaitanya Mano Bishtam Stavitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Gadamakyam Dadati Svapadankikam Mandeham Shri Guru Shri Yutta Padakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sarajatam Sahagana Raganatam Vitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakan Vitam Nama Om Vishnupadaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Shimate Bhaktivedanta Swamin Itinamine Namaste Saraswati Devi Gaudavani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Paschatya Deshatarine Vancha Kalpa Tarubhyascha Kripa Sindhubya Evachan Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo He Krishna Karana Sindhu Dinavando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namastate Tapta Kanchana Gorangi Radhe Vrindavanishvari Rishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunityananda Shri Adeta Gadadhar Shri Vasari Gaurabhaktarinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. 
हरे राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे so uh, welcome everyone to saturday sangha again we are going to sing a song after reading the song of shilanar tamdas thakur and then we'll see if there's some showing and telling and and because today is Oh, we have some more live guests coming. Um, today is the Tirobhava Titi, the disappearance day, the departure day observance of Shilavakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And so uh, I've a couple of things uh, that we can look at uh, and discuss and read. Something uh, by Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur. Um, actually, two things, interesting things. So, something to look forward to. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> And then we'll see how the time goes, if there's are any questions or comments, something to discuss, then we can do that and basically keep things not unnecessarily overstructured. Uh, <clears throat> my... Uh, if if I'm sounding a little gravelly in my voice and a little weak in the voice, it's because because I'm well, I'm sort of seventy five percent here today. <laughs> uh, physical condition is uh, not on the top. It's not bad, but it's uh, not. I don't know, maybe from change of weather. Uh, let's see, we're going to need some translation. Uh, do we have Castellano translation? Yes, we have titiation. So, Valeria, if you want to connect. Yeah. All right. We're uh, situated here in the home of Kike in Cordova. And uh, we have Madhupuri with us and Kike and uh, Uvana Chandrika and Valeria. <laughs> so we have some. We have live audience in the room and we have live audience on zoom in the room and on zoom that sounds very almost poetic right so let's see what we have for a song 
We have Narottam Das first, our review from the last time. Shunyachi sadhu mukke bole sarvajan, shirupa kripai mile jugalacharan. So Narottam says, I have heard from the mouths of the saintly devotees that everyone says that by the mercy of Srila Rupa, Goswami, one may approach the lotus feet of the divine couple. So that's good news. Um, if we can get the mercy of Srila Rupa Goswami, then we, we are there. We've arrived. <laughs> <clears throat> O Sanatan Prabhu, O personal associate of Lord Chaitanya, please fulfill my desire. Um, interesting that he addresses Sanatan Goswami, who of course is the brother, uh, the elder brother of Rupa Goswami. And... Um, Rupa, Rupa and Sanatan are, um, yeah, very much a, a team, a Goswami team. They both wrote <clears throat> Bhagavatamritas. Sanatan Goswami wrote Brihad Bhagavatamrita and Rupa Goswami wrote Lagu Bhagavatamrita. So together they wrote the two Bhagavatamritas, which uh, we can understand as um, essentials of the Bhagavatam in two very different styles, very different ways. Okay, third verse, please fulfill my desire that saintly Srila Rupa Goswami may be merciful to me and that I will be able to take shelter of his lotus feet. So it seems he's praying to Sanatana Goswami, please bless me that I will get the mercy of Rupa Goswami. Um, So we might ask, why the special preference for Rupa Goswami? And my understanding is the reason is, number one, as he says, through him one can approach the lotus feet of the divine couple. Why? Well, one reason would be, who is Rupa Goswami? He is Rupa Manjari. And uh, the Manjaris are are um, very intimate servants of the divine couple. Another reason could be that Rupa Goswami, as the author of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, has set out uh, our Gaudiya Vaishnava understanding of rasa theory. Uh, a major central key number one 
principle and uh, yeah, center of of devotional life for the devotees, and therefore uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavas are called Rupa Nugas, followers of Rupa Goswami. Then he says, when will my master Lokanath Goswami place me at the lotus feet of Srila Rupa Goswami? So that's interesting. Um, to approach the guru for his blessings to be at the feet of Rupa Goswami is bona fide. <laughs> Can ask for that blessing. And finally, when, by your mercy, addressing Lokanath, presumably, will your faithful follower Narottam Das become eligible to receive direct instruction from the gopi friends of the divine couple? Anodin Kihoibemar Narma Sakigane Anugata. Narottam Koride Shasane. Shasane is um, direction, orders. And that's what's coming in today's song is anticipation of getting those orders. So uh, this is verse, this is uh, Lalasa, song number three. A Navadasa Bali from Narutam Das Thakur's Partana collection of songs. A Navadasi Bali Sri Rupa Chahibe Hano Shuba Khana Mor Kotodine Hobe. When will I be a young gopi maidservant? Navadasi. When will she Rupa Manjari directly order me? <clears throat> um, when will that auspicious time be? Anoshubha Kshana. Hmm, interesting. Kshana usually means moment, uh, but here he's taking it as time, shubhakshana, that auspicious time, or a kotodin of a, kotodin is how many days? How many days will it be before uh, I will get this mercy? Mm. And Shahibe, I guess, is will order, will command. Shahibe. Mm. Okay, and then Shigra Agya Koriben Dasi Heta Aya Sevar Susaja Parjo. When will Sri Rupa Manjari repeatedly order me about 
saying, oh, maidservant, come here. Quickly arrange for my fancy garments and ornaments. Hmm. Shigra means quickly. Agya means order. Kori uh, Ben will will do will make dasi heta aya, and so this is what uh, the what Ruba Manjari would say. Oh, oh, maidservant, come here. Dasi is maidservant. Heta aya, come here. Aya is come. Um, as in Ani or <laughs> sort of Ani or in Govardhan, Ani or bring more. <clears throat> uh, okay, save our Su Sajja Karja. Um, let's see, Su Sajja. Fancy, I think, fancy ornaments or fancy garments and ornaments. Save our Sajja Karja Koroho Tvarai. Hmm, Tvarai, I would think, also means quickly. Shigra and Tvarai. Hmm. Um, Oh, he's taking Shigra, I think, as repeatedly. Shigra, Shigra Agya Koriben. Uh, number three, Anandita Hoya Hiya Tar Agya Bole Pavitra Monete Parja Koribo Tatkale. By hearing these orders, I will become delighted. Anandita hoya. Hiya tar agya. Agya, of course, is orders. Or order, orders. Bole, when, when spoken. Tara agya, of of him, of her, and uh, he, uh, I'm not sure, hmm. having heard, I guess, yeah, having heard. And then, uh, these orders will completely absorb the attention of my purified mind, pavitra monete, in my purified mind, Karja Kurivo Tatkale. Tatkale at that time. Karja. Um, Karya is usually means like uh, what's to be done, a duty. Koribo, I will do my duty. Tatkale, at that time. 
I, I think that would be a more literal translation. Uh, then number four, save our samagri ratna talete kuriya su vasitavari swarna jharite puriya. When in Sri Rupa Manjari's service will I fill a jeweled tray with various paraphernalia for worship? <clears throat> so samagri means paraphernalia. What's samagri? Sevar samagri, the paraphernalia for service, of service. And where will it go? Talete in a tray. What what kind of tray? Ratna talete, a jeweled tray, a jeweled tray. Korya having done, having prepared the samagriya on a tray. Suvasita varisvarna charite puriha. Engaged in her service, <clears throat> when engaged in her service, will I fill a golden goblet, svarna jharite, yes, puriya, having filled or filling mm, uh, with aromatic water, suvasita vadi. Suvasitavadi. And then, Donghar Sambuke Loye Dibo Shigragati Narottamer Dasha Kave Oive E Mati. When will I be able to quickly approach the divine couple? Donghar Sambuke, uh, being in the presence in front of Sambuke, Donghar, the two of them. Loye Dibo Shigragati, I'll be able to quickly approach Shigra. Okay, we had Shigra before um, as meaning repeatedly, and now it means quickly. Mm. Shigra gati, going quickly. Uh, Dibo, I will give. What will I give? Loye, taking. I get, oh, okay, taking these items uh, in the tray of the samagri and taking the, the goblet, the cup of uh, fragrant water, I guess. Dibo, I will give them. Narutam das, Narutamer dasha, kobe. So now comes the question word kobe. Kabe is when. 
so at the very end of the song, and in the translation, uh, he's applying that question word to each of the other verses. Uh, one might take it also as uh, more as, I mean, it's, it's any case anticipation, but uh, one might take it also as more a sense of confidence. It's going to happen. I'm going to be in this situation. And then at the end, yes, but when is this going to happen? And the word dasha is not to be confused with dasa or dasi. Um, it's dasha, and dasha means uh, a condition or a sort of a level of a platform of, of existence. Dasha. So Narutam er dasha, the condition of Narutam kabe, hoive. When will this be a mati? Um, this um, this mood, I'm not sure. All right, well, let's try it. We have we have a backup band here. Oops. Let me change this to musicians on. Okay. Um, here we go. Oh, no. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Harinam Sankirtana Ki Jai Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai One thing about this song which uh, strikes me is the sense of longing longing um, it's lalasa many of these songs are long what are they longing for they're longing for uh, spiritual perfection and what is that spiritual perfection he's describing some details how how that looks it's it's about uh, doing these quite practical services which are um, also very sweet services preparing uh, items on a tray and offering them to Radha and Krishna giving them something to drink and uh, so this this longing uh, point I think is uh, worth giving a little attention to uh, specifically I'm reminded of a nice guideline given by uh, Danadar Swami Maharaj for chanting. Uh, he gives five, he suggests five stages for chanting Japa. Um, but I think they, these can be applied to all activities, not just chanting Japa. But just briefly, the first uh, of these stages is be attentive. And specifically, he suggests making it a point to listen to the 32 syllables of the Maha Mantra. <laughs> there are 32 syllables in the Maha Mantra. You can count for yourselves if you're not convinced. <laughs> Um, so yeah, sort of giving attention that Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. All the sounds are there in one's consciousness. So that's the first stage. Just give it attention. Prabhupada emphasized so many times, just listen, just hear the mantra. Um, and then the second stage, he suggests, is be introspective. Um, and here, what he's uh, suggesting about being introspective can still have a kind of physical aspect, a physical feature, so to say. By that, I mean... Um, become conscious of the sound of the mantra as vibrating through the whole body. You're making your body into a resonator for the Maha Mantra from the tip, top of the head to the tip of the toes. Uh, the whole body can vibrate the Maha Mantra. Uh, every um, cell of the body. One can think of the outer, you know, the skin layers, but then going inside. So in that sense, 
introspecting, looking in, but looking for uh, this uh, sense of the entire body, the physical body uh, being involved. And then the third stage is, in a sense, taking that introspection, um, well, maybe before I go there, with introspection, uh, Maharaj also suggests listening for any, what he calls, instinctual response uh, to the sound of the mantra instinctual response. Is there anything that sort of comes out uh, from one's chanting? A sense if, if, if I'm, if my whole being is chanting this mantra, what, what kind of feeling is coming out from that? Uh, so it's being attentive and introspective to that feeling. And then that introspection in the third stage goes to uh, the point, be sincere. And um, he suggests listening for sincerity. Uh, to listen for sincerity is that uh, leads to sincerity's development. Uh, and then when one detects in one's self a little tiny spark of sincerity then one can amplify uh, that feeling uh, one says aha there it is some feeling of sincerity uh, a desire to actually be pleasing uh, to lord krishna and radha radha and krishna and I was thinking of another way, thinking about sincerity is one can sort of ask oneself a challenging question. Do I really want Krishna or do I want just um, a reflection uh, of Krishna? Do I, want, do I want the real thing or do I just want a semblance? Do I want to be a real devotee or do I just want to appear like a devotee? So when you ask yourself that question, it, it immediately you think, no, I want to be the real thing, of course. And I want to, um, I want to really serve Krishna and I want to really connect with the real Krishna, not with... Uh, facsimile or something other than Krishna. Uh, and then that brings uh, to the fourth stage, which uh, he suggests is be sweet. Chant in a sweet way. Chant in a way that uh, it sounds attractive because it is attractive, the all-attractive name. Um, and in this uh, spirit of, from sincerity, wanting to please and be loving toward Radha and Krishna, um, how to be that way? Well, be sweet. 
have a sense of wanting also your chanting to be sweet, which means not chanting like you're threatening Krishna. You know, uh, Krishna, you have to listen to me now. Uh, or shouting at Krishna, or I don't know. And there's some rather um, strange ways that some devotees chant, like I think sometimes, oh, poor Krishna, he has to listen to that. <clears throat> so make it sweet. And then uh, the final of these five stages is, uh, he, he said, have longing. And I, I sort of made this for myself <clears throat> with a little word play, be longing. So in English, to belong is to um, be a member of a group, to belong to a club or a society of devotees is to belong. But if you make it be long with a hyphen, be longing, be one who is longing, who is actually desiring and aiming toward and anticipating and asking, uh, when will that day be mine? So, and because uh, the uh, one is being sincere, then one will be longing for uh, the real thing, not for something superficial. Yeah, so those were some thoughts in relation to Narottam's Lalasa Mayi prayer or song. When will that day be mine? Okay, Hare Krishna. So, again, welcome to all of you who have joined a bit later. Um, um, Guru Maharaj, can you please change the sound? Uh... Oh, from yes. musician yes thank you okay um first i want to ask is uh Munindra are you here Marsh, my obeisances jai shri prabhupad jai 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 Krishna. <laughs> So you have just completed, I believe, another uh, Prabhupada book marathon? Uh, yes, Guru Maharaj, with your blessings. <laughs> would, you, would you and Subal like to tell us something about your experience this time? You distributed, you and Subal and Bhakta Bjorn distributed, uh, I believe, close to 3,000 books. Yes, Guru Maharaj. And uh, that's very nice. Bravo Thank to you. you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Which books were you distributing mainly? Mostly small books, uh, Guru Maharaj. Mm -hmm. Mostly smaller books. Like what? Like there's one like Beyond Birth and Death and uh, uh, Is It Journey to Other Planets and mm -hmm. Chant and Be Happy uh -huh. and yeah, some different kinds of signs of self-realization. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Also, okay, that's, yeah, yeah. I think science of self-realization makes a lot of devotees. Yes. Uh, what is it in Spanish? Ciencia de la autorealización. <laughs> so where were you? Uh, were you distributing in Germany or Austria or both? Yes, both, Guru Maharaj. We were starting in Germany, in Deggendorf. It's a, a smaller city. And then we was driving to area of Nuremberg and around Nuremberg, Bamberg, Bayreuth, Erlangen, and then and then to to Austria. And then. Uh huh. Okay. And in Austria, where were you? We was actually only like in Salzburg, in Wales. And one week in, in Linz, in the flat, Uh huh. we was distributing from the preaching flat. Oh yeah. Oh, that's nice. And uh, did you have some interesting? Moments, interesting adventures. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, there was some. Actually, I was a little bit meditating, uh, also to maybe to, uh, with your blessings, to. to get some new inspired uh, young people. But till now, I don't know if, if something comes out. But Hmm. uh, some young people, I could uh, give my address cards, my personal cards. There was Uh some nice, but not that many, but at least like five or five, six -huh. interesting persons. And it was also nice. I was also visiting some shops and some, some different studios to place books there. And there was also some nice relationships and interesting exchanges Mm -hmm. and was really interesting was a little bit a different style this year because I, I bodily i'm not in a very very good condition to distribute that many hours and that's why i tried to distribute also in some shops and in different places and it was it was very nice it was a good experience People are in Christmas mood. Yes, for sure, <laughs> but mainly like in drinking <laughs> alcohol and make the make the this how to say this, Partying. yeah, pop party style yeah, to enjoy Christmas. Yeah. And Subal, you had some adventures. So much. It was very adventurous and uh, much fun and very harmonious service actually with Munindagana Point Bjorn. We. Had nice relationships and nice exchanges. And... Uh-huh. <laughs> Any particular uh, moment you can share something that happened? Yeah, especially in, in Linz, uh, I met one young, uh, yeah, young guy and Talked with him for a little bit on the street, and he also did read one book of Shila Prabhupada before, and now took another one. And then he came to the a program in Linz, and he was there and also chanting, taking prasadam. That was very inspiring to see that books actually, yeah, the follow up on the books that thoughts actually come to the program and continue with Krishna consciousness. Very good, very good. Okay. Yes. One 
one solid result. <laughs> of course, solid result is distributing the books. And then uh, we like to see some reciprocation from people, isn't it? <laughs> Very good. Um, okay. Was it was it a cold December? Uh, yes, yes. The beginning was very cold, and after it became a little bit warmer, but it was often very wet. Was on the on the last days, it was very windy and very wet. It's a lot of wind and storm and rain. Uh, Somebody survived. <laughs> somehow you survived. Yes, that's the it's it's the big yagya. Prabhupada said it's it's more austere than uh, yogis, you know, sitting in water up to their neck or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But if it gets too much, you just come down here to Argentina during December. It's oh yes, <laughs> would be nice. Here it's pleasant, although we had some. Also strange weather, but now it's nice. Okay, good. So maybe everyone can unmute and give a big Hari Bol to our book distributors. Hari Thank you very much. <laughs> Yesterday evening, I was uh, speaking with my godbrother, Guru Guranga Prabhu. Um, he lives in Gainesville, Florida. And he asked me, could we speak together to help him remem remember uh, experiences uh, from many years ago? Because he's now writing his memoirs. He decided to just dig up all the memories he can. So we talked for quite some time. And... Uh, we didn't quite finish, actually. But uh, one thing that he remembered was how the devotees would come together, the book distributors in Germany, Germany and Switzerland and Austria, they would come together. Uh, he said every week, every weekend, uh, they would either come to... Uh, Schloss Rettershof, alternate weeks, it was Schloss Rettershof uh, or um, to Zurich. Um, maybe this was, this must have been after Srila Prabhupada's departure, the Zurich temple. I'm not sure when we obtained that. Anyway, I remember also the devotees would come together and uh, just have these rocking kirtans 
on Friday night, Saturday night, I guess. Especially, I remember in Schloss Reddershof. In Schloss Reddershof, there was this kind of um, open, uh, open area in the main entrance with a a big uh, stairway going up to the uh, second floor. So there was this big open area and devotees would gather there and it, it would echo. Uh, it, it had a, a chamber and an effect of, so they would make these pounding kirtans with, you know, these young book distributors that were, they were just bundles of energy and they were just, you know, kind of like bouncing off the walls, practically <laughs> spinning around. It got a little dangerous sometimes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was that was exciting. That everyone looked, everyone, the mood was you went out for a week and you just did as much as you could and you did you took whatever the austerity was um the cold weather the wet weather the not knowing where you're going to sleep that night um <clears throat> you do that for a week and then sort of the reward for all of that came on the weekend seeing all the devotees together, having the big kirtans, and um, telling Sankirtan stories. And uh, they would have workshops about how to distribute books also, and sort of dramatic performances of distributing books. And sometimes they could be quite funny, quite crazy. And then there was the Sunday feast, and the Sunday feast was always at least 15 preparations. Um, and so it was a real feast. And the joke, the joke was um, if, if you sometimes a devotee would feel like, no, I can't take it anymore. This Hare Krishna is too much. These devotees are too much. This place is too much. It's too much everything. I'm leaving. Um, well, I'm not going to leave until after the Sunday feast. <laughs> and then you would stay for the Sunday feast. Sita Sundari, you must have lots of stories from book distribution in Sweden. I don't know if you would want to dig up memories of that but if you like doesn't have to be now could be another time no she's staying silent yes ah yes Hare Krishna we see you <laughs> Do you want to say something about your book distribution experience of past years?
I don't know if she hears me. Um, Sita Sundari Mataji, can you hear us? Oh, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait. Uh, okay. <laughs> Here I am. Yes, we can see you and we can hear you. So we're we're wondering if you would like to say something about your experience of book distribution in the past. Hmm. Connection maybe not so good. Yes. She's turned off her microphone. Anyway, maybe another time. Okay. Uh, good. Anyone else want to okay. share? Oh, <laughs> Your your connection is kind of there and not there, so don't quite know what to suggest. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Wait, uh, I'm turning my camera off. Hold on. Um, okay, so now camera is off. Is the microphone on? Yes. No. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So okay, so can I say something or not? Please. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's so many memories. It's, it's it's so nice to to hear because it awakens so many memories. So I'm I'm um, trying to pick. Okay, I'm going to pick one, which is uh, really really amazing. Um. So please wave if you, if my voice stops because I cannot hear or see if I am still online. Okay. Okay. So. So we were. Uh, it was in Sweden many many years ago, and it was uh, it was a marathon, Christmas marathon, and it was so cold, like this really uh, cold, cold uh, wind and, and and damp, and it just goes through your bones, and it was just so cold but so wonderful. And um, we were living in in a one little place uh, in in south of Sweden for a week, and. I was driving and we got lost and there was no navigation at that time or nothing. And we were just lost. So we kept driving. It was foggy and we kept driving in the evening. We're driving in circle, circle. We just couldn't find a house. It was out in the country. So at one point we just stopped. It was like a, on, a, on a big field, you know, completely dark. It was a farmer outside. He had a farmer and, we, and I said, okay, we have to, we have to, have to ask for help. Because we're not, we're not, you know, it doesn't work. And we rolled down the windows, hello, hello, good evening. And then we, we asked him and, and then he said, but what are you doing out here so late? A group of girls, you know? And then we just thought, okay, well, this must be Krishna. So we said, well, we are, we are actually a few nuns uh, traveling around, uh, offering books from, from, the, from the Vedic scriptures from India. And then it happened, he looked at us and his gin dropped. And just remember, this was out on, on a field in foggy south of Sweden. <laughs> and, he, and he looked at us, his gin just dropped, and he said he had been for quite some time, had heard about the Vedas, and he had wanted to find out more about it. 
Oh. And here we stood in the middle of a dark field in the winter. And then our teeth dropped too. We were completely amazed. And then he, 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 we offered him books and he, and he took books and paid for them. And, and then we started driving off. <laughs> we immediately found the house. We went far away from the house. We'd just been going in circles. So we met him and we were, we were so blissed out, we couldn't sleep the whole night. We couldn't sleep. <laughs> yeah. So this was very, very special. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that sense that Krishna makes such arrangement just for such purpose, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so many stories. And Krishna is just present and he just does his magic. And it's just, in a way, we just have to, I mean, it, this must be, it must be God because no one else could do that. This is really amazing. Well, thank you. Well, now I remember this the whole thing. <laughs> while, we're, while you are online, how would you like yes. to share with us something of your uh, prasadam distribution uh, bliss balls the last few days? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Oh, yes, this is also very nice. So, well, um, which one should we have? Um Okay, so yesterday, the, about the, the, the Santa Claus. So we went down to the cafe and we had a, we brought a big bowl. explain where, whereabouts are you? We are in, in Galda. It's a small place on Gran Canaria, uh, close to Las Palmas. It's a small little place. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And so there is a cafe now, near, down where we live. We, we we live in a house from two friends and we and we bring a fish and 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 cinnamon buns and so much and and they're, they're so very happy and we are so happy and so last time i came it was quite rainy and i came there walking with my plate and then one of the waiters like serving one table outside just saw me he stopped serving the people just came running towards me and i was running towards him with a plate and the, the guests at the table were like, where did he go? Oh, thank you, thank you. And, and, he, and he took the plate and he was so happy. And this is so nice. And so yesterday when when we came, um, we had a big plate of balls, sweet balls. And there was um, um, a Santa Claus on it. Wait, let me show you actually. You see? It's a really funny, sweet little Santa Claus. Hold on. If you turn on your camera, no. can you see it? No. Okay. Here. Can uh -huh. you see it? Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, and. Good. Oh. So, uh, Santa was sitting on top of the balls, holding a little, little light. Oh, wait. Uh, okay. So. Yes. Oh. Are you there? Okay. So. <laughs> Coming, going. Coming and going. The little Santa was having problems. Okay. I think I'm back. No. Coming coming in and coming out. A lot of disconnect. 
I'm sorry. Yes, I'm so sorry. I think now it should be okay. So right. this little Santa was sitting and he kept falling off. Little Santa was tired from Christmas. And it looked funny. And then I said to, to the ones there, so anyone who can make Santa sit up straight get gets extra balls. And so 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 many came to you know to help little Santa and you know what fidgeting with the Santa to get extra sweet balls. And we left and they didn't notice that we left because they were so fixed on the sweet balls. And yeah. So I don't know if any if you heard this what I said now, but this yeah. was a very yes. nice story also. <laughs> So you're, because, you are bringing Christmas cheer in the form of Christmas to so many people. Very good. Yes, because because in, inside one little sweet ball is, is Krishna's presence. It's Krishna's whole love inside. And Krishna's whole world in one little sweet ball. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. How genius is this plan of Krishna to reach out? How kind is that? It's yeah. so overwhelming. You just need two hands to roll sweet balls, and that's it. That's it. And then yeah. offer it. Yes. <laughs> so nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Martina says, every Sunday we read the score list in Mindtegliks Bhagavatam, and we are all very happy and thankful uh, for your service. I think she's referring to the book distributors, thankful for their service. Uh, so that's nice. Ramananda Gopal is asking, does anyone maybe still have some photos of Schloss Rettersholm also from inside? Good question. I don't myself have. Um, I guess that would be a question for... Uh, Vaidyanath, um, he would be the first person I would ask, Vaidyanath Prabhu in Hamburg. He might have, have something like that. Um, yeah, that would be interesting. Speaking of old photos, uh, recently, I guess maybe you saw, uh, I received from my god sister photos of the initiation in which I was in which I was initiated by Srila Prabhupada in the Jardin de Luxembourg in Paris. Um, okay, and Raja Mohini tells us, Hare Krishna, I had only a little book distribution with mercy of Donna Kaili Mataji and later of Budapest devotees. A few weeks ago, one couple from the UK stopped and just hugged me out of appreciation when I told them about the books. <laughs> they were very spiritual Christians and had adopted a mentally disabled child out of mercy. They also sheltered a refugee in their home. They immediately asked what practical advice or practice they can bring home from these books and seriously listened about the Maha Mantra. Then they hugged me again and invited to their house in the UK. They were not joking. 
So there you go. Um, you never know who you're going to meet. It was a heartwarming experience. Um, Ramananda Gopal says, once we maxed, mixed, managed to lock up the center of Berlin to Srila Prabhupada Marathon. Uh, do you want to tell about that, Ramananda Gopal? Well, it's just something what what comes in my what comes in my mind when I think of my days in book distribution as an old terrorist. I and this was like a memorable. It was actually my first proper marathon, and we stayed in the old. I mean, the old not on the Castanian Allee, the temple in Berlin. I don't know if you ever were there. Uh, was down in the cellar. Some we had a later Chaganat Baladev Supertra there. I don't know if you remember. It was very small little place in a in a house and we were there, a whole hub of promontories there and every day we went out in berlin to distribute books and somehow or other with my friend cheta guru we always went to alexanderplatz what is quite in the in the center of east berlin and um so many things going on there and <clears throat> so we went for lunch break but left our our vaguely, our, our, where we had the books inside, we let it locked on a on a fence, and then we came back from the lunch break. The whole, the whole Alexanderplatz, the whole center was locked, and the the Kaufhof had to be closed, like a big shopping oh. center. Because, and we came we came back, and and I saw just in the in the distance when we came walking, I saw the the red and white bent you know, kind of letting not people in and police everywhere and blue lights, uh, you know, like, and immediately I knew what, I, I, I knew what, what's happened. You know, immediately I got the realization, oh no. <laughs> so we went there and, um, yeah, we, we, we managed to go through the, through the bandage, the red and, and, and white bandage and the police were, what are you doing here? Can I get said, oh, we just want to go to our vaguely. And I said, what, what, you know, what vaguely, uh, it's locked over there. Okay, you know, then they, they got us and they made a really big, a really big show about it. And um, yeah, it was just our, our because they thought it's some kind of dynamite was after the 9-11 and yeah, whatever, some, so they thought we are kind of, you know, having a bomb there. Right. And they threatened us. We had to pay the whole because the fire, uh, how to say, the fire engine, the fire workers were there and police, and we had to pay all of this. I said, well, you know, there's no law that you cannot uh, lock a, a, a suitcase somewhere. I said, in terms of terror, you have to know you cannot do this. <laughs> so, uh -huh. Okay. Uh -huh. And then <clears throat> in the evening, we came home. And uh, we had to tell our temple president, Vara uh, 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 Murti Prabhu, in, in this time. And we had to tell him, because we were afraid that we really get a big, a big fine for it. 
And so we told him and, you know, we didn't know if he will be angry or whatever, but he said, no, it's a sign of Krishna. This bombs, they are bombs, time bombs. And you still hear me pretty well? I think everybody yeah. froze. Yeah, we're okay. I'm still there, yeah. So, yeah, he was kind of happy and encouraging about this incident and nothing came at all. I mean, not, we, we didn't get fined or anything. And few few months, months later, we managed this again in the city of Mannheim again, the whole thing, just the same thing, <laughs> lunch break, come back. And then, <laughs> and even then they, they put me in the middle and even, even uh, uh, video, uh, how to say, television was there and everything. And they put me there and, then uh, I had to go with the police to the to, to the Svegli and I had to open it and go with my hand inside. It was so funny because, you know, I, <laughs> I knew the books, you know, but they really suspected some bomb inside or something like that. And after they found out that it was just books, then they uh, kind of, how to say, they put my hands on the back and put me on the car, on the police car, and we had to go to the police station and they really made the show for the cameras. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> this was somehow uh, sticked in my memory, of course. Um, yeah. Hare Krishnas are very dangerous. Hare Krishnas are very dangerous. <laughs> yes, yes. These books are dangerous because they one, one day they will explode in your heart. And yes. then what? <laughs> yeah. Very good. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Okay. As I was saying, uh, and as most of you know, today is the Tiravavatiti of Shilavakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur. Uh, his departure was, if I remember correctly, on the 1st of January, 1937, Bhaktisiddhanta Thakur uh, appeared in 1874. Uh, and uh, so much can be said about him, which uh, I'm going to leave for you all to uh, read at your leisure, so to say. And instead, I thought, uh, let's see, where did I put it here? I found an interesting trans, a translation, no doubt, from Bengali. Uh, let's see if I can do this. Okay, um, now let me see if I can share the screen. Here we go, okay. Um, so this is something from Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, specifically from his Upakyan Upadesha. Uh, Upakyan means stories, and Upadesha means instruction. So 
when he was giving lectures, Bhaktisiddhanta Thakur would um, tell different stories which were instructive, and uh, some of his disciples would note these down and then write them up, and they were collected, and that became this collection of stories called Upakyan Upadesha. So one story uh, is um, well known from the Mahabharata. It's the story of Ekalavya and his, uh, well, generally he is kind of celebrated for his Guru Bhakti. Um, Ekalavya approached Dronacharya, wanting to be his disciple for training. Maybe you can tell him this is actually distracting. If they can lower. Um, he approached uh, Dronacharya to get training in archery, in shooting uh, arrows. But Dronacharya rejected him. Why? Because of his uh, low social status. He was um, basically a tribal, apparently, some sort of tribal. Uh, yes, from a Nishada background. And so, not considered a Kshatriya, Dronacharya said, no way, I can't take you as, as a as a student. But uh, Ekalavya was very determined and uh, apparently he really felt that Dronacharya was his, his guru. So he went back away uh, from, he, he left, he went into the forest and there he made a murti of Dronacharya. And he worshipped this murti of Dronacharya and practiced uh, his archery. And in the course of time, the combination of his worship and his practice made him exceedingly expert. It seems that he was feeling that he was getting the blessings of Dronacharya, and so he was actually becoming very expert. Okay, so then, uh, I don't know if our translators will like this, but I can read from here. One day, Dronacharya instructed the Kauravas and the Pandavas to leave the royal capital and go to the forest for hunting. As they made their way through the forest, they saw a dog whose mouth had been blocked with seven arrows. So this gets a little bit gruesome, uh, but this is the story. Seeing this, they were most astonished. Whoever had shot these arrows was far more expert than the Pandavas. Realizing this, they went to search, uh, in search of that person who had shot the arrows. 
gradually they understood that it was this um, tribal Ekalavya, who was the son of one Hiranyadhanu, and uh, they understood he's the one who has shot these arrows into the mouth of this dog. Why would he shoot a dog like this? I think that's explained the, the backstory. I think he was annoyed by this dog barking or something, so he decided to make it force its mouth shut this way. Okay, then I'll just summarize. Um, so the Pandavas went back to Dronacharya and Arjuna complained to Dronacharya because Dronacharya had blessed him to be the best of all of his students, the best of archers. And he said, look, there's this, there's this guy in the forest who is so expert, um, how is this possible? <clears throat> so Dronacharya, he also didn't know what this is all about. So Arjuna took him and brought him to Ekalavya. Uh, and what was Ekalavya doing? He was shooting arrows constantly like rain, it says and quite thoroughly absorbed in <laughs> shooting arrows. So then Dronacharya walked forward uh, to Ekalavya, and Ekalavya is now seeing his guru, not in a murti, but in, in real life, so to say. So he immediately falls down and he offers prayers at his feet, and he introduces himself. He says, I'm your disciple. <laughs> um, and, and Dronacharya said, oh, you're my disciple, really? So if you're my disciple, then uh, a disciple has to give Guru Dakshina, has to give uh, a gift uh, in reciprocation for receiving instruction from the guru. So you're accepting me as your, as your guru, then you should give, you have to give me guru dakshin. And Ekalavya says, yes, I am ready. Please tell me what can I give you? And Dronacharya tells Ekalavya, Ekalavya uh, to cut off and give him his thumb. Or he just says, give me your thumb, your, the thumb of your right hand. In other words, he's, he's telling him to give up that which Ekalavya will require if he's going to continue uh, to shoot arrows because the thumb is, <laughs> without a thumb, you cannot hold the bow, right? <clears throat> so he's saying, cut off that thumb. How is he going to hold it? Is he going to hold the bow between the, it's not possible. There has to be 
I know because I have experience. <laughs> and even though I'm left-handed, I sh when I was a kid and we were doing archery, I always, I always did it right-handed. Anyway, <laughs> so what does Ekalavya do? Does he hesitate? No, he doesn't hesitate. He immediately cuts off his, uh, I mean, this is so gruesome. He cuts off his thumb and he gives it to Dronacharya. I don't know what Dronacharya did with it. Uh, okay. So Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur explains, initially, Ekalavya's guru rejected him because he considered him to be born of a low caste. Yet due to his faith in Dronacharya, he established a clay deity of him and became invincible. Thus, his guru bhakti was established as ideal. On the other hand, Arjuna was envious toward Ekalavya because by his perseverance, Ekalavya had become expert. Therefore, Ekalavya was ruined by Dronacharya. This is the common opinion. Okay, so what I just read, that paragraph, is the Purvapaksha, uh, Sarva. Uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur is going to say this is what the general understanding is, but that's not how we should understand this story. He says this is not the, the opinion of the dev devotees, nor, nor is it a true conception. Everything about Bhagavan is supremely true. Everything about the principles of devotion are supremely true, and everything in relation to the devotee is supremely true. These are the three truths, Bhagavan, Bhakti, and Bhakta. Everything a devotee does is good. Everything a non-devotee does is not very good. <laughs> the non-devotee has many bad qualities because he is not engaged in satisfying the senses of Bhagavan. Those that think that mundane laws are greater than Bhagavan cannot accommodate those words regarding the Supreme Truth. We have more guests. Hare Krishna. Swagatam. Oh, Amrita Japa is here. Ah, <clears throat> oh, gracias.
we just got some nice roses. <laughs> you can offer to the deities. Thanks. Okay, uh, those that think that mundane laws are greater than Bhagavan cannot accommodate those words regarding the supreme truth. Such persons are nirvisheshavadis, impersonalists, which is to say that they cannot accept the non-differentiated speciality of Bhagavan, Bhakti, and Bhakta. Hmm. Okay, now he's going to come back. That's the general point he's making, that Bhagavan, Bhakti, and Bhakta are the three absolutes, and they are absolute, absolute truth and supremely true. And then he's saying that Ekalavya is not accepting that. <laughs> what was Ekalavya's fault? This analysis is essential. He wore the mask of Guru Bhakti, yet he was actually inimical toward his guru. Wow, how is that? Whether his guru actually considered Ekalavya to be disqualified by his low birth or was simply testing him, whatever the reason may be, when his Gurudev did not wish to teach him the science of warfare, it was Ekalavya's duty to accept his guru's instruction upon his head. But Ekalavya did not accept that. He had the aspiration to become great. Uh, very interesting how he analyzes, how he interprets this story. Uh, let's keep going. Externally, without a guru, his practices would not have been considered lawful. Or he would not be in a favorable position to become great without accepting a guru. To this end, Ekalavya concocted a clay form of his guru in quotation marks. He only did this to attain greatness by learning the Dhanurveda. In this way, his main intention was to satisfy his own senses. He, he did not offer himself as a sacrifice to his guru, his guru's desire, and his own intentions were not sincere. Some may say that ultimately Ekalavya happily accepted the heartless order of his guru without protest namely to cut off his thumb. But if we consider this topic deeply and with keen discernment, we can observe that Ekalavya 
considered mundane morality to be superior to transcendental devotion. When the guru requests something to be given as dakshina, dakshina, then one must offer it to him. It was that sense of morality that inspired him to cut off his thumb. Ekalavya did not offer it with spontaneous devotion. The very nature of bhakti is that it is spontaneous and simple. <laughs> this is so interesting. It's a very radical interpretation of this episode from the Mahabharata. He's saying that Ekalavya is... Um, even though it seems like he's showing so much guru bhakti, um, I mean, from every point of view, it really seems like that. Because you would think, how is it possible without genuine guru bhakti for him to become so skilled? It must be because of the grace of the guru that he's able to get that. But Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur is saying, no, that's not the point. The point is he was actually not uh, following his guru. How We could still ask, how is it he became so skilled? Well, he just practiced a lot. Uh, and he practiced so much. Why? Because of this mundane motivation. And that's that's the point he's going to make. <clears throat> that Ekalavya wanted to surpass the Vaishnavas. Okay, let's see. If Ekalavya had unmotivated and natural devotion within his heart toward Hari, Guru, and Vaishnava, then the Guru, Dronacharya, the best of Vaishnavas, Arjuna and Bhagavan Sri Krishna would not have been displeased with his behavior. Okay, so Dronacharya was displeased that Ekalavya had become so expert in shooting arrows, but he was um, so he was not pleased. Um, they would have been pleased if he were uh, having natural devotion, unmotivated natural devotion. In other words, Dronacharya could see that he's materially motivated. And so he's not pleased. Ekalavya's attempt to learn the Dhanurveda and his hankering to become great were not accepted by his Gurudev. Deep within Ekalavya's heart, he desired to try and become greater than Arjuna, the best of Vaishnavas. The aspiration to become greater than Vaishnavas is not devotion. It is anti-devotional, and it is the dharma of the Ativadis. Hmm. According to worldly considerations, the desire to become great is regarded as good, but the effort to take 
a subordinate position behind a Vaishnava and the attempt to take shelter of a Vaishnava, that is bhakti. And Atibadi is, uh, this is an Apasampradaya from Odisha, started by Jagannath Das uh, of o Odisha during the time of Mahaprabhu. Here it's uh, given an explanation. The word Atibadi means one who thinks he is very intelligent. <laughs> I guess they had some, I don't know what the Atibadis actually did. Um, Ekalavya wanted his expertise to be greater than that which could be acquired by learning Vedic sciences directly from a Mahant Guru. Arjuna notified Dronacharya of this. If Arjuna had not mercifully pointed this out, then the victory of impersonalism would have been proclaimed extensively. <laughs> this is a, a very striking way of interpreting this story because I can say for myself, I always thought, oh, Ekalavya, such a devoted uh, guru bhakta, This really is, uh, gives a, a deeper sense uh, because Dronacharya, we can think of it as in a mundane way, Dronacharya had promised uh, Arjuna that he would be the best archer. Now he feels obliged to Arjuna and therefore he demands and so on. But if we take it in the way Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur is taken, uh, then it's, it's actually, it has a richer, I think, and a deeper sense. Uh, and as Bhaktisiddhanta Thakur is saying, it's all about um, how one views uh, Bhakti, the Bhakta, and Bhagavan. If they are regarded in the proper devotional way, then they will be pleased. But Dronacharya was not pleased. Dronacharya being recognized here by um, Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur as a bhakta. Hmm. Oh, and he adds, this is interesting, at the end he says, if Ekalavya had been an honest devotee of his guru, then Krishna would not have killed such a guru bhakta. He always protects his devotees. But finally, Ekalavya was killed by the hand of Krishna. This is how Ekalavya finally met his end. And that's uh, explained, it says here in the notes, uh, in chapter 48 of the Udyoga Parvan of the Mahabharata. Mm, this happens when he is fighting, battling with Jarasandha's army. Uh, there's also 
Okay, then he refers to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that we cannot judge devotion simply on the basis of external austerities. Against the wishes of his guru, Ekalavya wanted to become greater than the Vaishnava. Therefore, he was killed by Krishna and attained impersonal liberation. Hmm. Asuras are always killed by Krishna and the devotees of the Lord are protected by Krishna. The proof of this is Hiranyakashipu and Prahlad. Thus, we should never attempt to become greater than the Vaishnavas. If we do not wear a mask of Guru Bhakti, we will never become impersonalists. And in the notes, he quotes a verse from Madhvacharya from his Mahabharata Tatparya Nirnaya, uh, saying that Ekalavya was the Angsha of the demon Manimanta. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so that's. Um, that's interesting, I think. Such an interesting angle on a story from the Mahabharata. So, <clears throat> so that's from Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur. Does anyone want to comment on, on that um, incident and how it's been interpreted by, by our Paramaguru or Parama Paramaguru. Um, why did I select that? You may wonder. Well, I don't know. I came across it yesterday and I thought, oh, how interesting. <laughs> um, because I had remembered the story of Ekalavya and I was surprised by his uh, this interpretation in which I found it very enriching. If there's no comments, then we can go to another writing of Bhaktisiddhanta Thakur. Um, one moment. Oops. Uh, we won't have time for all of this, but maybe I can just start it. Okay. Initiation, this is an article, um, Initiation into Spiritual Life. This is from volume 26, number seven issue of Sri Sajjana Toshani, published in December 1928. So Bhakti Siddhanta is giving a, an explanation of initiation and 
also saying some very interesting things here. The ceremony of diksha or initiation is that by which the spiritual preceptor admits one to the status of a neophyte on the path of spiritual endeavor. Now, it's well known that Bhaktisiddhanta Thakur's language was very dense and difficult. <laughs> so he uses the word preceptor. Uh, preceptor is one who gives precepts. And what are precepts? Well, um, they are principles, you could say, uh, or important truths. So one way of uh, understanding the, the identity of guru is as a preceptor. Um, that ceremony tends to confer spiritual enlightenment by abrogating sinfulness, removing sinfulness. Its actual effects depends on the degree of willing cooperation on the part of the disciple and is therefore not the same in all cases. Okay, he's saying a lot here. He's saying it depends on the guru, uh, on the disciple, as much as the guru, how this initiation works or to what degree uh, the function of initiation actually works. Um, which reminds me of uh, what I read last week in our uh, Vyasa Puja talk. I referred to a purport in, uh, from the Bhagavatam describing an, um, I want to say Daksha, but I don't mean, I mean Dhruva, Dhruva Maharaj, as he's about to go back home, back to Godhead, he remembers his mother, Suniti. And in that purport, Prabhupada is speaking about uh, the order of the guru and then the necessity of the guru to take the order. It's the responsibility of the guru to accept and um, act on that order, he's making that point. Okay, here he says, it does not preclude the possibility, preclude means uh, to exclude, the possibility of reversion on the novice to the non-spiritual state if he slackens in his effort or misbehaves. In other words, a devotee can fall back away from the standards um, and the relation of initiation. In other words, is not a guarantee that everything was going to be perfect. Initiation puts a person on the true track and also imparts an initial impulse to go ahead. 
So initiation, he's kind of taking the word initiation uh, by its more general meaning of that which is a beginning. Uh, what does this ceremony do? Well, it puts someone on track, on the right track, the true track, the the way, and the way back home to Godhead. And it gives an impulse. It gives a beginning push. Yes, go. You can do it. It cannot, however, keep one going for for good forever unless one chooses to put forth his own voluntary effort. Yeah, we have to work at it. <laughs> the nature of the initial impulse also varies in accordance with the condition of the recipient. So even that impulse may be received uh, more uh, substantially or, or more uh, deeply or less deeply, depending on the condition of the, of the person being initiated. But although the mercy of the good preceptor enables us to have a glimpse of the absolute, and of the path of his attainment, the seed that is thus sown requires very careful tending under the direction of the preceptor if it is to germinate and grow into the fruit and shade-giving tree. Okay, so now he's giving an analogy of a seed uh, Guru Krishna Prasade Paya Bhakti Lata Bija. Bija means seed in Sanskrit. And uh, Lata means creeper, or like a vine that grows up. And Bhakti Lata Bija. Guru Krishna Prasade Paya. So obtaining the, uh, the prasada of Guru and Krishna one gets this seed. So Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur is saying, you can get this seed, but then, like any seed, if you want it to grow, you have to take care of it, you have to water it, and so on. If you want it to grow to eventually be a tree that gives fruit and shade. Unless our soul of his own accord chooses to serve Krishna after obtaining a working idea of his real nature. He cannot long retain the spiritual vision. The soul is never compelled by Krishna to serve him. Yeah, so he's really putting a lot of emphasis on the responsibility of us as disciple to take what the guru gives us. It's nothing automatic. <laughs> Interesting, he says, obtaining a working idea of his real nature. So the guru gives the idea, 
this is your real nature. Now you have to do something with it. You have to develop it. You have to pursue it. You have to follow uh, the order. That's the idea. Okay. Um, well, that's that's a longer topic. Oh, there's lots of messages here. Ananda Mayi writes, Hare Krishna, dear Guru, the reason Dronacharya gave for his situation in the film Mahabharata was that Ekalavya was from the clan of the opponents to Hastinapur. It was Magadha or something, and Drona did not want to make him more skilled to be the danger for Hastinapur, to whom Drona was obliged to. Drona was not pleased, and he destroyed his murti. The mood was also different in Arjuna. He was not envious. Okay, thank you. That's interesting, too. Yeah, so there... Um, we could say there's many levels. Uh, the Mahabharata, we understand, is uh, specifically dealing with Dharma, Arta, and Kama, and uh, moksha. Um, Madhvacharya in his uh, Mahabharata Tatparya Nirnaya is, is giving his Vaishnava commentary, Vaishnava purport, and we can say in a similar, uh, similar sense, Bhaktisiddhanta is giving his Vaishnava commentary uh, in this particular story. Uh, so yes, from a mundane perspective, we could say Dronacharya had good reason uh, to uh, disable Ekalamya. Uh, because, uh, of course, Dronacharya was... Um, yeah, it's interesting. Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur says Dronacharya is a devotee. He's a Vaishnava. But uh, which political situation he was in, he was on the side mm, of the Kauravas. He had to favor the Kauravas. But that was later. I think we have to also, we can say he's anticipating the future, but... Um, at the time all of this is happening, uh, all of the uh, the Kauravas and the Pandavas, they are young, probably teenagers at this time, um, being trained in uh, Dhanurveda. So at that time, they're kind of, they're sort of all together. But yeah, we could say uh, anticipating Uh, Ramananda Gopal wants to speak about Guru Tattva more in, in general in further meetings. Yes, we could do that. And Tia is giving us, oh, he's, she's giving us the link uh, to where this article is. Thank you, Tia. Yeah, this uh, website is uh, from... Um, Narasingha Maharaj, the late Narasingha Maharaj, who uh, 
was my god brother and there are lots of quite interesting articles uh on that website he was um how to say he was a bit of a maverick you know the word maverick a bit of an outsider uh to the 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 iskon world uh, but uh i i believe he was a very nice devotee and uh, a sincere soul with lots of very valuable insights um uh sorry Jananivas writes, how is Ekalavya able to attain such expertise in archery by worshipping an authorized murti of Dronacharya? Arjuna was worshipping the actual form of the guru and was not as good. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Well, um, Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur is saying that the murti was not really authorized. So that makes the question even more how could he possibly uh, learn? My Before reading Bhakti Siddhanta, I would have taken this as an example of how powerful Murti Seva can be. Uh, he just made a Murti and then somehow was blessed by his worship of the Murti, uh, empowered through the Murti. And he may have understood in that way. But Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur is saying, no, that was bogus. It was a bogus murti. <laughs> it was not an authorized murti. So the, the question becomes even more acute. How did he become so qualified? Um, I'm asking the same question. <laughs> How is it possible? Uh, it, it would seem it would have to be by the blessing somehow of Dronacharya. Um, we can only understand, my only understanding otherwise is by his own faith and his material desire, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita that he fulfills the desires of uh, the worshippers of the demigods. So we could take it that way, that in a sense he was worshipping Drona as a kind of devata, in a mundane way, in such a way that Krishna said, all right, all right, I'll give you what you want. You want to become an expert marksman with arrows? Okay, you can become, but you're not going to have that ability for very long. Why? Because you don't have the blessings of the Vaishnavas. That's my thought about it. Well, on that note, here we are again at that time to end and to wish you all. They say, Happy New Year. I would say, Devotional New Year. I wish you all a devotional New Year. And if you're going to make New Year's res resolutions, um, Usually New Year's resolutions get fizzled out after the first two weeks. But um, make a good New Year's resolution to uh, engage ever more uh, joyfully in devotional practice. 
with attention and introspection and sincerity and sweetness and longing. That's my proposal. Um, next week, where am I going to be next week? Uh, next week, I'm going to be a long ways away from here. Uh, I'm going to be in Seattle, Washington. And that means it's going to be, what is it going to be? Seven in the morning, I think. No, maybe it's five in the morning. We'll see. Uh, I'll try to uh, arrange, but uh, I can't say 100% for sure right now. But we'll try to have a Saturday Sangha also then. Uh, so, wishing you all a great week. Stay well, stay sane, chant, and be happy. Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Ananta Koti Vaishnava ki jai, Gaur Premanande. Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Krishna